Olay, Janet. Record no matter how long From the heart and we may be wrong Joe Boo parodying every song And you may not care about it Jayer opens himself this way this show is ours, we do it our way. All these words sure we just say. And you may not care about it. Things Joe says and pranks we do. Monday's recording something new. New guests here for a different view And you may not care about it T-Y-T-Y-D-C-A Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast, TYTYDCA. I am the Average Joe Boo. Yo soy the Average Joe. Back again. Joe, how you been? I'm a good man. How are you? Oh, dude, I'm just living the dream right now. That's a uh, boy. Trying to, trying to figure out which dream I'm living, but it, it is the dream. I'm saying, dude, viviendo el sueño. Yeah. I've been watching Narcos Mexico, so brush up on my Spanish. Is that Good what, show. Is that what you're doing? I am. Okay. I am. That's the latest binge. Do you feel successful in that venture? I do. See. Okay. Good. Absolutely just, bueno. Hey, just come on out and uh, help with soccer practice. Okay? And then anytime somebody out there says something in Spanish, you'd be like, what'd they say? And then you try to figure out how to pronounce it and what they said and everything. Andale, pues. Uh-huh. Mas rapido. There you go. Okay. That's all you need to know. Okay. Oh, that's funny. Uh, you know, uh, one day mom said, I'm going to run to the store. And dad was like, run. Why don't you just take the car? You know? <laughs> Badoom ching. Anyways, uh, we're talking today about troubled youth. And uh, we're talking today about troubled youth because of a couple things. Number one, I found these documents that I left in my room. Uh, but I found these documents that are ways, like pamphlets to teach youth how to like manage themselves, how to get along in school, how to make decisions, and how to manage anger, which nobody knows that. No kid under the age of 20 right now, maybe even into their 20s, you know, early 20s, does not know how to manage themselves, does not know how to manage emotions, does not know how to manage anger. Now, I'm making an overgeneralization, but I've seen a ton of these kids come through school. And uh, work ethic, self-discipline, self uh, the ability to make a decision and be okay with whatever that decision is, the ability to just uh, uh, use time wisely, the ability to, you know, do things that grown-ups gotta do. Like, once you grow up, you need to have a set of skills that will get you through life. Okay? 
which is all, fair. which is what school is. School is about trying to hone, attain, and hone those skills. Now, I'd argue that the house, the home, is where you actually attain them. Well, you know, I used to or uh, should. Excuse me. As I've shared before, you know, uh, only class I ever fell was pre-cal. Hated it. Oh, you, you didn't. You didn't. You didn't consult me back in school. Well, I thought I was going to go get through pretty good because I was in honors. You know, mm-hmm. Coach Nick. Yeah, yeah, me too. Line coach. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so. Oh, I, easy. Hey, okay. Got to pass the play. Not so much. Okay. And uh, so, you know, well, fortunately, it was like the you know. Into first semester, and we weren't in the playoffs. Right. Uh, but uh, when I was writing for the paper, I thought, you know what? I'm going to profile on Coach Nick, and I'm going to get him. And so I asked him the question. It's like, what's the point in this? Like, 90% of us, unless we're like a, a rocket scientist, like, how are we going to use calculus? Trigonometry. Stupid. And he's like, it's not about that. And huh. I was like, oh, really? Tell me more. You know, like the Willy Wonka meme? Yeah, yeah. Um, and he was like, no, it's about teaching you diversity, uh-huh. responsibility. Yeah learning, exposure to new things, uh-huh. and behavior that's going to serve you in society and in the workforce. Yep. 100%. And I was like, wow. Huh. 100% correct. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's all that that's all that school is. And maybe learn a few skills along the way. Maybe learn something along Which, the way. Which in high now as a parent, yeah, yeah. I take a problem with. I don't want my kids raised to have an eight to five working for someone else mentality for the rest of their lives. Okay. You know, I, I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing more with schools where they're tr- starting to try to teach people different career paths. Okay. They're yeah. trying to teach them different vocations. Sure. You know, they're trying to teach them some skills to where they can be an entrepreneur someday. Sure. But let's just think about the vast majority of people. Like, I mean, what are the options? The options that, that exist out there for someone who is on their own. Okay. In terms of work. You're either working a nine to five. You're an entrepreneur. You're working one of them graveyard shifts. You're working shift work, which isn't necessarily nine to five, right? You're working in the service industry, which, which yeah. probably combined with the the graveyard shift type of stuff, uh, or you're unemployed. But you, like, you, largely speaking, that's the workforce, right? But when we were even when we were going to school, yeah, you were sold on this dream. You graduate from high school. Uh-huh. You go get this college degree. Yeah, yeah. You're going to go work for a company like your grandparents did yeah, yeah. for 25 years, 30 years, retire with a pension. Yeah. Ain't nothing not wrong exist. with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I know, there isn't anything wrong with it, but it's not practical anymore because that's not how the world works. Well, but yes, it does. It still works that way. It just has more options because of this whole internet thing. Like It has more options that we can explore right. because of this internet thing, but... The vast majority of people out there are going to get a job where they're working for somebody. No, I understand that, but, oh, okay. uh, but the point I'm saying is it's not the majority of the workforce does not um, function the way it used to. It, like, there's been a lot of studies over the last probably like 15 to 20 years. Longevity in an organization does not equate to increases in compensation. Most professionals have to leave a company uh-huh. and go to another company uh-huh. frequently. Sure. To be able to write to, to get, but my point is they're to going to another up. company. Yeah, but that's the yeah. exact opposite of what originally it was. If you stay with a company for a long time, you'll be rewarded. That's that's true, but that but that's also because competition back in the day wasn't necessarily a thing. Uh, you had more monopolies in certain areas because of well, you had uh, they were private, like the only real thing. I think you had more privately owned business. Um, well, maybe possibly. Well, I think a little bit more. 
loyalty might have come into play. That's fair. But like, but what I'm saying is that, that you are, school is basically designed for you to develop skills that will serve you in the future. Whether they serve you as an entrepreneur or whether they serve you as a, as a grunt and you're working for somebody else. Uh, you won't retain the job if you if you continue to show up late like kids do at school nowadays. You won't retain the job if you say you do what you're supposed to do, but you lied and didn't do it. If you have a, a set of tasks you're supposed to do and you just don't do them, you will not retain the job. If you have a set of tasks to do as an entrepreneur, you will fail as that entrepreneur if you just don't oh, do them. And that's my point is that it's, it's serving you – School 100% serves you up the opportunity to demonstrate what type of person you're going to be. And if you're not there yet when you get to school or when you like get to, let's say, high school, when you get to high school, if you're not there yet, you got four years basically to work on it at no cost to you. Everything else is yeah. you have to then pay for and then figure it well, out on the way. it's a safe time to fail. Yeah, well, yeah, and unfortunately, that's the problem. No, no, I, w- I mean, I would say that I think the pressure that, you know, and it's polar opposites, right? Mm-hmm. I think we live in a time of extremes. Sure, we ha- we absolutely, have, we absolutely. We have people that are hyper-focused, a lot of pressure. You know, there's no give. They don't understand that this is their time to explore. Yeah. And it's safe to fail now. Yeah. But then the other, the, well, hold on, okay. I'm going to get there. Keep going. The other, the other extreme is you have people that think that it's like failing is winning. <laughs> you know, like they don't try because they don't have to. Right, right. And I think it's, it's a very, I think when we live in a time of extremes, I think it's dangerous. Well, well, you know, I think that that's true from the standpoint of there is, uh, there's that adage, uh, hard men make good times. Good times make weak men. I mean, I don't know the the whole phrase, but it it goes off that, right? Uh, you got you got times that are hard. It makes people have to work harder to become successful. Yeah, I think it's hard times make hard men make good times. Good, good time, times make soft make men. soft men. Soft men make bad times. Make weak times. Something like that. that. Yeah. And we're at the we're at the end of that statement right now. Largely speaking, what is like it? I mean, if you just look at at what back in, I don't know, the middle, early to middle 1900s on what a man was. A man was someone who took responsibility, who did everything, uh, master or a jack of all trades for anything. Um, you had, they were reliable, generally speaking, you had uh, responsibilities upon responsibilities that always got taken care of. Uh, family men, you name it. Keep going, right? The list goes on. What is a man? Now what's a man? Now that's up for that's up for debate, honestly. Well, I don't... Don't want to get there, but well, my point I is... I mean, I think that it's like... I think it's like with, you know, what's wrong and what's right, right? Mm-hmm. I think the definition of what makes a man a man is still applicable... Just like what makes a woman a woman, and I think it it transcends sexual identity, yeah, into what morally makes you a good person, right? And I think that's the, I think that's the thing: honesty, integrity, work ethic, right? Those characteristics yeah. are are fading 
in today's youth. And it's like it's they take longer to acquire. And that's the problem. In my opinion, that's yep. the problem. They take longer to acquire because they're not reinforced at home. They have to be parented at school rather than taught at school. And now there's this there's this delay in their ability to attain things that are valuable or found valuable out whenever they become on their own. See, I think that we're I want to say that I feel like we're close to turning that. I think our, I think the lower end of our generation, uh-huh. I think with them seeing everything that we've seen since we were growing up, yep. I think it started to change some. I know like we've talked about it, like what we're, we're trying to do to still hold on <laughs> with our kids. Yeah. You know, I think we're going to start seeing a little bit more of that. Um, it's just going to be interesting. I think the problem is, is that uh, a lot I think the pandemic was a blessing. Uh, I think it was a curse. Keep going. Well, because I think a lot of families moved through the stigma of homeschooling. Okay. They've decided, you know what? It's okay for me to set the expectation for my kids. It's okay for me to educate my kids. It's okay, okay for me okay. to determine what what is valuable. Okay. You know, and start cutting out some of that uh, indoctrination, if you will. Dude, I saw so much of the opposite of that. Well, again, we're in a land of extremes. Yeah, yeah. no, that's fair. Uh, I agree with you on that. That's fair. You know, like, uh, shout out to our friends still making sourdough bread and learning how to, like, can two years worth of food. Speaking of extremes, okay, you know, I got Crohn's and stuff. My doctor told me to go on an all-cashew diet. No. I said, Doc, that's just nuts. Okay, you had me there. (laughs) I was like, wait a second. First of all, you went to the doctor. Yeah, right. (laughs) right, Second of all. Oh, probably ought to do that every now and then. Yeah. Anyways, but no, so uh, I saw this on, I saw this on, this is funny, it's kind of uh, uh, ironic that I saw it on Reels or it was a TikTok that was taken into Instagram or whatever. Um, But it talked about how when TikTok was originally created, whether it was created in China or Asia, let's just say Asia, I think it was China, but it was China. uh, Their algorithm over in China, it promotes all the, uh, ridiculously bright ideas, inventions, and all this other stuff. Well, how uh, could somebody who can infiltrate an algorithm of an app based on location, how genius or like maniacal would it be if they started promoting all the stupidity, all the dumb dances, all the stupid... Uh, 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 what's it called? Pranks and stuff that that and are false riddled. Med, uh, false information, like this, right. It's, I mean, right. It's happening. Right, right, right. They're they are promoting all the stuff that makes people stupid and yeah. dumb and focus on all the wrong things. Well, uh, who needs a red dawn when you have a vehicle for propaganda? Absolutely. So, I mean, why make people smarter? When we can make them dumber and they don't even realize we're making them dumber. Now, I don't know if this is a thing. I don't know if this is like a, a, a conspiracy <laughs> theory or what, but I saw it. And I was like, well, that's a genius way of well, of potentially infiltrating something. And it's also an explanation of why our youth right now is completely dependent upon watching a 15 to 20 second video in order to learn how to cook, in order to learn how to tie their shoes or whatever the whatever the case is but you think about it though like to take it a step further and again we are not wearing foil hats ladies and gentlemen (laughs) we after not yet 
Yeah. After poking fun at COVID and getting COVID the first time, we said no more of that. Well. <laughs> it ain't over until it's over. Yeah. Anyway. Sushi? <laughs> Seems a little fishy. Yeah, it does. Uh, but um, <laughs> as a civilization, as a society, we probably have the, the or we had, I, I, I truly do believe the tide's starting to turn again, but um, we were probably more primed for socialism. Right ever, now? Yeah, ever yeah, yeah. before in our country's history. Well, I don't because, think we had ever been primed for socialism. Well, there was, if you go back and think about the 50s and even some in the 80s. Okay. Like, there pre- were potential stints of... of yeah, during okay. the Cold War, I mean, okay. they were they were pushing that pretty heavy. Okay, okay. Uh, you know, I mean, I remember all the uh, the Marxists and stuff that were they were trying to identify and. Well, you had the whole uh, uh, what it oh I forget what's who the guy's name yeah you know what I'm talking about I know exactly who yeah. you're talking about but uh, but it just I mean but they were trying to eradicate it <laughs> they were trying to get them out but they were also going into certain communities and they were radicalizing in fringe populations. Mm. And, and, and segments of society and they were trying to widen those gaps and uh, empower them. I don't know, man. I just I think it's it's interesting times. I know we're not going too far into it, but uh, hashtag McCarthy. Martin, McCarthy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know, like we talked about a little bit before, you know, back in the USSR with yep. what Putin's doing. Yeah. I love Sam Putin. <laughs> and then what's happening over in Canada, man. I, I, <sighs> my heart breaks for those people. Well, first of all, the only radical change you can ever have is to have a group of people do something like that. You, I mean, if you want something to change, you you can't just do it by yourself. You do need a bandwagon. Now it's got to start somewhere. Yeah. But um, they're and, labeled as terrorists. I know now that they've disbanded. They're being hunted now. Oh my gosh, it's ridiculous. All their accounts have been frozen. Their businesses are ruining, and and it's even if you donate it. Can you imagine? Yep. Can you imagine if you donated? Mm-hmm. Now in our country, we had politicians donate. That people burning down government buildings and right. they were celebrated and right. in Canada. If you gave money for a trucker yep. to have some gasoline, oh yeah, right, you're a terrorist, right? <laughs> and and right. and for all the animal lovers, mm-hmm. they're taking their animals away, and if they can't find them homes, they're going to put them down. This is part of my. This is part of the problem. This is part of the problem with the whole troubled youth thing. Like people are taking the dumbest things and somehow criminalizing them. Yeah, and it it doesn't make any sense. There is no logic behind it. Like terrorism used to be, you bombed a building, killed a bunch of people, or you brought a gun somewhere. Right, absolutely. Where you an act of terror, where lives were put in a state of terror. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Now, because we're protesting something, we're considered terrorists or something like that. Like, come on. You have got to be kidding me. That's like, I mean, it's every the definitions of things are changing to things that make no sense, but it's because of how we feel, and that's basically the problem. Everything is becoming feelings-based as opposed to mind-based, and once we get out of that mind, or once we get, yeah, once we get completely away from your mind, you get completely into, ret- like, ridiculous Almost, almost slipped there. I apologize, but it's okay. Uh, you just get to stupidity. After the pickle talk yeah. from last last time, it's, <laughs> it's it, fair. Everything's on the table. <laughs> That's now. fair. Oh, I, mean, I know you. Don't, there's a word there you don't like, and I almost I almost dropped it. But I appreciate uh, that. Yeah, you know, I, I caught myself. Um, but anyways, that's kind of my point, is that everything is becoming so stupid because there's no logic behind it based on everything that is universally known about words 
as they exist. Now words are different. When words were important, when words had meaning, now those words are different, and if you use it in the wrong context or whatever, you're canceled or you're labeled a terrorist or you're... you're I don't even know what the word is, well, but you affect these hypersensitive people that have no earthly idea what it's like to, in reality, defend something intelligently. Now, this goes... You know, you think back, you know, there's been a lot of parallels drawn to Hitler, mm-hmm. World War II era. Yep. And I think it's 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 super interesting to see the parallels because, like, when we talk about our youth, right? Mm-hmm. Now, this goes, this cuts both ways. Uh-huh. Um, with some of the stuff the, the, the far right's doing, the far left's doing, both of them. Uh-huh. But we're having um, education schools. There, we're, there's a battlefield now over what book burnings. Oh. Book bannings. Yeah. You know, and some of them probably need to be removed from the school because they have no place being there in the first place. Yep. But others, again, we talked about that a few minutes ago, right? Like school's a place for you to explore, a place for you to learn, yep. a place for you to, to be exposed to some diversity. Now, mm-hmm. not propaganda, yep. but. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah, propaganda, you, not inappropriateness. Right. Right. Let's, let's like, make it appropriate exposure. But you think about, like, uh, what was that book? Was it freshman year we read The Chosen? I don't remember. If I read it, I read the Cliff's Notes. I never. Right. I read one book, and it's because a teacher quizzed me every day because she knew I wasn't reading books. I was. I mean, you were the mathematician. I was the reader. Right. So. Oh, I hated reading. But, I still hate reading. I will now, but I can't. I don't. Well, like anyway, it. it was. A, it was an incredibly, in my opinion, really good story. Okay. Um, and it and it was that type of. Um, I think we were we were exposed to different things, different cultures, different things that different people experience, and that was important. Yeah. But now they're, they're literally, I mean, we see people in media today mm-hmm. literally rewriting history. So stupid. So stupid. And it's, and they say, you know, it, if you don't learn from history, yeah, it's going to repeat You're going to repeat itself. Absolutely. Like, what's the point of rewriting the history right now? You're not going to change anything that happened. No. At all. So you're just going to, like, put a different lens on it? Okay, whatever. Do what you got to do, but you're you're trying to now erase something that very likely happened, like the like the the statues, the abolitionist statues that were brought down because they were they were men in a time of slavery, and people didn't do their research and realize that these men actually were trying to help abolish the slavery. Well, San Francisco was trying to uh, unname a school Abraham Lincoln. <sighs> Come on. But. Come on. Because he was in the 1800s where slavery existed. Like that. I, I don't know. get it. I get it. it it's, yeah. it's not trying to go down the rabbit hole. I but. know. We're not. It, it's, it was an atrocious time. It, it was, was a absolutely. Uh, there was no reason for it other than money. It was it. Yeah. And, it, I, and it's like, I'm not trying to say. Which if we're looking at every problem that's ever existed in, in, the, in the history of man. Money's at the root of it. Correct. And my thing is, I I, I can never and would never mm-hmm. try to claim to know what it's like. Yeah. To be a descendant from of, of something. The, the, no one uh, knows what it's like from 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 folks that <laughs> to be average Joe. That could be the next one. I, I wouldn't know that. But what I can say though is, average is that if we look at, at things historically, and again, I'm not trying to say two wrongs make a right. I'm not trying to downplay anything. But right, but, right. 
we celebrate still mm-hmm. uh, one of the, the seven wonders of the world, the Sphinx and the pyramids. In oh, Africa. completely built by slaves. Uh, and like bones and bodies of slaves. Right. Absolutely. Like buried in there because they fell underneath a rock or whatever. And yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Pharaoh like killed babies. Right. Absolutely. One because of the, of the prophecy. But it's one of the best look uh, like feats of, of, of humanity. Well, let's take Rome, for example. Right. right. So built on the backs of slaves. And, all the people they conquered and all the stuff. And absolutely. And if we were living in uh-huh. those times as Christians, we could have been crucified. Absolutely. Literally. Because we believed in Jesus. Exactly. Well, believed then. Right. Do believe now. Right. Right. But let's, let's go ahead and let's, put that let's out Let's take there. England, for yeah. example. Look at what they did. Look at what Portugal did. Yeah. I mean, Spain and Portugal wiped out complete races of people. Fair. Biological warfare. Okay. You know, with yeah, the yeah. Aztecs and Incas. So, I mean, like, again, I... Oh, you saying when they came to the Americas. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they used dirty blankets. Like, they knew what they were doing. Right, like, right. Smallpox or whatever. Yeah. There's some history people that probably... Thanks, like, Spain. Yeah, Portugal. Yeah. Uh, Spanish Inquisition. Yeah. But we're not, we're not, we're not saying, you know what, we hate all Catholics. You know what, let's change that Spanish history real quick. It was actually the the Native Americans that had the smallpox, and they tried to give it to the Spaniards, but they were unsuccessful. And actually, the Spaniards had such a great immune system that it backfired on the Native Americans, and it went rampant through their societies. But we look at, like, there's yeah. still— Let's change that history. There's still not a taste <laughs> in our society. There's been a little bit, a little bit with the changing of the Indians and the Redskins, but yep. overall— is there? I mean, I think I love the the Sheridan guys stuff. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. you know, and so I appreciate oh. the point of view he he portrays in his uh, movies and television shows. But you get to thinking about it. Uh huh. It's not like the country still has a taste for saying, "Oh yeah, Native Americans really were screwed over." Yeah. But Asian Americans, All right? Right? They were put in concentration camps in World War Two. Oh yeah, in California mostly. Yeah, and yeah. look at what happened to the Chinese that came over here and the Irish. Oh, every the oh yeah. Every every immigrant group that came yeah. over after a certain period, like after I, it was, it was probably quite short after the uh, American Revolution. Yeah. Okay. Let's call it within twenty years of the American Revolution. There was all these immigrant groups that came over, and they came to very populous places like New York and the the and, New England area. And they were taking advantage of. They were. I mean, they were. I mean, they weren't. Let's call it slaves, but they were drugged through the mud. Well, what like what, the whole indentured servitude thing? Well, what happened? I think with the Chinese and a lot of the Asian immigrants that that came to the country and still do, do to some extent, it's far worse than what you hear about with the coyotes. Well, and so people the, coming from South America. Oh, uh, the railroad, the Union Pacific Railroad. Have you seen yeah. uh, Hell on Wheels? I love that show. Okay, so that illustrated how the uh, Asian Americans over in. Uh, uh, California working their way on Union Pacific going yeah. east, how they were put to work with very little wage, if any wage. Uh, and, I mean, you're talking hordes of these people brought specifically to lay track for the railroad. And right. and you still see it today. Like in horrible big, with, conditions. Like, instead of coming across, like, the border, you know, like a lot of folks from South America, they're coming through container ships yeah. you know, on the West Coast. But here, here's what I'm getting at, though. Is that we talk about all these things, right? We yep. talk about how they shape society and, sure. and all these things. But yet, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. 
you know, do you like do you like watching anything on NBC? Like, do you like any of their 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 no. not their dramas, their TV shows? No, no, I don't get them. None of the Chicago's. No, I haven't logged in with your stuff lately. Okay, so. I was about to say. So no, I, I'm pretty sure you have. I appreciate you. Yeah, but anyways, <laughs> well, you can't really watch anything for the last about month almost because guess what was on? Huh? The Olympics. Oh yeah, right. And guess where they were at? Well, they're in China. They are where right now? There's a genocide being performed they sterilize people where's the where's the me too movement there women are sterilized yeah they're they're assaulted. they can only have one child they're, if they're yeah, yeah they're assaulted they are they are uh horrible things that happen to this tennis star there yeah and even in the open ceremony there was a protester yeah and and they cut away the camera and they like beat the dude and pulled him off really yeah and as we know from some people that we grew up with that did some missionary work there uh you're not gonna you're not gonna find a congregation Right. Over there that's openly practicing, otherwise uh, bad things are going to happen to you. Right, right. Absolutely. They're going to openly practice like so it's the hypocrisy. outside of the reach of, of the yeah. authorities. Yeah. So it's the hypocrisy of the time. So it's not even really open practicing. No, there is no freedom. Right. My, that's my point. Yeah. So, uh, okay, so just a little bit ago I said that uh, every problem in the history of mankind, pretty much works its way or becomes uh, a, a problem that is centered around money. Yeah. Okay? The guy is hired to fix it. On this day in 2018, Florida man attacks gas station clerk with hot dogs, corn dog sticks over beer. Ooh. God apparently didn't have much money to get beer, but he somehow acquired hot dogs and corn dog sticks. So here's what I want to know: to attack a gas station clerk. When I, when I here's what what's what I want to know. Inquiring minds want to know. Yeah, yeah. Was it that he had like he was making corn dogs and ran out of cornmeal? Right. So he had the hot dogs and he had the sticks, or were they like used corn dog sticks? Like he'd already eaten the corn dogs. And he went and like just found a package of hot dogs somewhere, right? Or did he? Or were they on the rollers or some something at the gas station? Yeah. They're like, you know what? I can take these and weaponize them, right? I like, can get my beer because like we, I can we, throw hot dogs at this. Yeah. Guy. So I'm just like trying to figure out. It's it's ironic. Yeah. You had corn dog sticks, no corn dogs, and you had wieners, no corn dogs. Yeah. Wiener, you had the dogs, yeah. you had the stick, but you didn't have the corn. Wieners, right? Yeah. So, so we're were those, were those things related, or did they come about? Uh, you know, randomly. That's a solid question. That's a solid question. But, you know, on this day in 2018, on this day. there was a dude in Florida who desperately needed his beer. And to get it, he attacked with hot dogs and corn dog sticks. Florida, Florida, Anyways, uh, so one of the things that I wanted to talk about, and I talked about this last episode was this uh these pamphlets and i'm gonna go ahead and display them here real quick these pamphlets this is the first pamphlet about getting along in school now, now joe i need you to tell me at what point in time um or not at what point in time excuse me what is the value to you about getting along in school what do you think is important about it i think there's a lot that's that's pretty importante you know what i mean yeah, and I know you have these files, so don't go through these files. Just I'm not. I just wanted to say that just I find it fascinating yeah. that when these were published uh -huh. with our dear school district, yeah. we were 12. 
1997, roughly. Was yeah, when was I, like I 96, I, I think. Was it 96? Yeah. I thought it was 97. Yeah, it was a reproduction of 91 material. Oh, how about that? So, I how mean, about that? In the early was, 90s. Yeah. Uh, and then leading into the early 2000s. Yeah. Schools used these yep. to assist our troubled youth. Yeah, with the light program. Right. Uh, because when there was trouble at school, there were people in the district current, like at that time, that said, we need to try to stop the trouble and make better people. See, I'll, I'll tell you, and maybe this is a unique observation. Yeah. Talk about get, get, you know, get along with people in school. Yeah. I felt like we were fairly lucky. Okay. I remember at a young age being exposed to people of all type of backgrounds. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I remember we, I was learning about different uh, countries and cultures, like yeah. heritage around holidays and stuff. Uh-huh. I remember um, Allah. She was, she was Muslim. She was in middle school. And during Ramadan, she would sit by herself because uh-huh. she drank water. And then, like, a lot of us were like, we're not going to eat either. Yep. We had no idea. We just we had a friend. Yeah, yeah. And we were trying to help out. I trying to be nice. You trying to be respectful. Mean? Exactly. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. I just thought it was really cool. And then at South, you know, I think we went through a coming of age where, you know, some of our friends, we started, you know, there was a, probably a weird period. Yeah. But overall, we were a pretty diverse school. Yeah, I agree. And, and people kind of ran with any crowd they wanted to. I, I believe we were like a uh, 60% white and then 40%. But we weren't of, super clicked up, I guess what I'm trying to say. Okay, like, yeah. You, you had people of different uh, socioeconomical backgrounds. Completely. Different uh, Absolutely. racial heritage, yep. uh, sexual orientation. Like, there was a pretty cross-section. The sexual orientation was not near as rampant back then. No, it was There wasn't. was a handful but, that were, like, openly okay with letting people know they enjoyed the same sex. Right, but yeah. they weren't ostracized. They were still, well, I, I, I mean, I don't want to speak for them or nothing, but I just feel like at least. I don't know if they were, but because I didn't know that many. Well, I, 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 I think I knew, I knew one. I knew some, but yeah. like I, I didn't, some people, some, but, but, but I think that that's my point. And maybe like they, they were not ostracized because it wasn't And maybe they were and we well didn't know, known. but I'm just saying like it right. felt like, yeah. it seemed like. Yeah, fair. You had a bunch of people that got along. Yep. And we had probably a group for any different type right. of call of life. So like to me. And it was who, nice. To me, who cares if you're different? Right, but I'm saying, but, but I, I think we can say though that like, it wasn't like what is portrayed in movies all the time, and right. different people could have had different experiences. Absolutely, and, but and, I feel like it like, was. Listen, in 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 L.A., high schools in L.A. were dramatically different back in '97 to 2002 as they were here in Texas, right? I mean, you go to you go to New York, then you go up to like Iowa and Idaho and stuff. You do go to those schools where it's maybe like the entire grades from K through 12 in one single building because of not that much population. Well, and there's places without cultural diversity at all. Absolutely, that's my point. You go across the country and you're going to get a you're going to get a melting pot of who experienced what. And and so our experience, yes, we me and you 100% agree and and in no way shape or form are trying to say that our experience is what everybody should have gone through. But what we did know is that you got to get along in school. Right. I'm saying that I think that that type of diversity and exposure from a young age, I think, helped us. Now, sure. We had a lot of people that didn't get along. Of course. But I just think it was it you, was it was We had our share of fights. Yeah. They weren't publicized, and that's par- to, partial to, like, the social media availability, the internet availability. People didn't know how to upload videos near like they do now. 
or didn't have the access to do that. Gossip game was hardcore, though. Right, right. Gossip was was today's uh, trend. Or today's trending. Do you remember, though, like what it was like if if news traveled through the school that something was going down? And, and, and yeah, yeah I mean, you wanted of, to know every you wanted to know every of, angle. Bit, yeah, and there's a little like, bit of anxiety. Oh, almost. you knew. Oh, you were you saw or heard about this? Yeah, Tell me what a, you know. Yeah, I mean, but I can't imagine now. So in the office, do you remember when uh, when uh, uh, what's his name? What's J- Pam's boyfriend's name before they don't get married? Jim. Oh no, 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 Roy. Roy. Remember when Roy like gets back with Pam, and then Pam's yeah. like, "I'm gonna be super honest with you." Jim kissed me, and then like the next episode. He's about he to. He's Jim. just about to whoop him. Yeah. And then Dwight steps up with the with the mace and saves right. Jim's life or whatever. You know, just saves him from a beating. Well, uh, Angela's going around like, "Oh, I wasn't here. Did you?" Yeah, tell and me. She's tell, trying, me get, yeah. tell me all about what happened. And then she does this to two or three different people, getting different perspectives. You know, and she's yeah. doing it because it turns her on or whatever. Yeah. But then they're like, "Why don't you just read the file here?" Right. <laughs> and so we, she read the file. And uh, and so anyway, but that's what it was like before social media. Whenever you wanted to know something, you went to every account that you possibly could. Anybody that possibly knew anything about it, right, right or wrong. I mean, it was the Wikipedia search that you did through communication yeah. with your friends or you whatever. Did, you didn't have tweets. You had those notes. That that's were right. Folded in the that's different right. shapes and stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, and. You know what? That limited the garbage, right? Yep. Now all the garbage that's on social media is reaching ev- across the globe, right? So anybody that wants to see anything in some capacity can do so. And whether or it's right, wrong, or or stupid, people are just eating it up. Yep. And I'm just, I'm sitting back like this is going to make so many people just absolutely dumb. They're gonna try to start a businesses with no with no work ethic they're going to start businesses with no ability because they see it on tiktok or whatever and they're not going to realize that it requires some like actual i'm going to use this term and i don't like it but adulting like it requires some actual dedication to perfecting the craft schools have gone electronic and allowed byod Uh uh-huh Oh, I can't. We stand we have right a now. generation that does not know how to look up something. We have a generation that probably doesn't even know, never even heard of the Encyclopedia Britannica. No, but that's the thing. They know they do know how to look up something. They just they just know how to look up the answer of something. They don't know how to look up like the process. Right, but the answers they're getting aren't always right. That's fair too. You know that's what I'm fair. saying? Like if it comes up on Google, yeah, doesn't necessarily mean that it's. It's legitimate. Right. Okay, so uh, getting along in school, like the purpose for getting along in school is so that, uh, number one, minimal issues in getting you ready for the for life. Okay, mm-hmm. like that's in my opinion. You get along in school so you have minimal roadblocks to get you moving forward in whatever it is you want to do. And I don't care what it is. And obviously back in the day, back when we were in school, it was more about the nine to five. But... That can be that can transcend anything that you need well, to. Social skills are very important in society. Right. Period. Right. You don't get along in society by doing the garbage that kids are doing in school right now. You just don't. Fair. Okay. So 
Uh, this thing, I mean, it, it's like a car, not cartoon. Well, maybe I guess kind of a cartoon, but it's like a uh, a comic book here. What do you mean get along at school? Well, it means making your school years successful and fun, right? Uh, people who get along at school think positively about themselves and others that they have. Uh, they have high self-esteem. They settle conflicts by talking instead of fighting. They know how to make and be good friends. They take responsibility for what they do. They work well with teachers and other adults at the school. They also work well with other students at the school. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You, but I mean, my problem with this is that there are kids that don't know that. That's fair. At all. And it's like that should be coming from home first in some capacity. Right? You should, uh, you want to have a good day? Well, why don't you try being productive that day? Productive in your communication, productive in your efforts, productive in your attitude, like in, in all aspects. But here, to me, it, it's, it's been a domino effect, right? Okay. So a lot of folks, like I, I'll speak from our generation's perspective. Uh huh. Yeah, a lot of folks grow up broken homes. Yeah. Right? Yet a lot of people grow up poor. Yep. You know, dealing with poverty, all kinds of stuff, right? Sure. So you worked, you busted, you know, you know what, right? To make sure that your kids never had a want for anything. Sure. Right. And so the thought process is, well, I'm going to make sure that they 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 don't have the same challenges I did. Well, yeah. Right. And so then you st- you start getting technology, right? Like I remember when we were growing up, not everybody had a computer. Well, yeah. Like computer. you'd have to go to a relative's house that, right. that had some money to go get a computer. Not everybody had a cordless phone. Right. And but you, we saw technology as a useful tool. Uh-huh. So yeah, I mean, wouldn't it be great if our kids had like a computer, had in their iPads and all this other yeah. stuff? Yeah, right. Yeah. But then, just like with our parents, what they did with television, yeah, this ends up being the buffer whenever we're having too much. We need a break. Here, here I mean, yeah, can I have some more screen time. Yeah, yeah. Mommy or daddy? Yeah, that's, sure. Go, go watch fair. a video. That's watch fair. a video. And so now. We are having, you know, they used to say we were growing up like, oh, I mean, you know, those sitcoms are raising those kids. Right. Well, no, it's this crap. Yeah. That's that's influencing our kids. This garbage. Yeah. And sometimes more so than parents, because unless parents are actively engaged, Mm -hmm. because who sits down at the table and eats every meal together anymore? Right. Not many people. No. And so when are you having those conversations with your kids? Yeah. And if you're not creating them, they're not happening. Absolutely. And Absolutely. so instead, their source of truth, just like you said, it, it's important to come from the home, but like it's coming from a TikTok video. Yeah. You know what? Some like 17 year old kid in like uh, Los Angeles at like the hype house thinks that, you know, is like or whatever. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. 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 So, OK. So here's another thing. Why is it important to get along at school? Because uh, getting along at school can help bring out the best in you. Uh yeah. yeah. If you are dedicated to trying to get along at school, you may actually you may actually be impressed with yourself. You may actually realize, "Oh, there's some untapped potential here." And and at that point in time, then you can start bringing it out. Well, when you get along with people, you tend to listen to people more. Mm-hmm. And that you can never go wrong there from the perspective of what you when you talk to other people and you hear different points of view, yep. you're going to gain wisdom. Absolutely. Okay, Joe, I'm gonna give you a little uh I'm gonna give you All a right. little test here. Okay. Okay. It's a self esteem test. Are you Ooh. ready for this? Does it agree or disagree? Oh, okay. Okay. Uh my personality is interesting. Uh this answer these about yourself. <laughs> oh well yes. Okay. Uh other people see uh, seem to enjoy being with me. I feel like it. 
Okay, just agree or disagree. I mean, there's 3,000 people yeah. that like our page. Well, that's so. fair. I mean. That's fair. Uh, I like the way I look. Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. I'm, I'm a... You're comfortable with it right well, now. Well, I mean, I'm always in the pursuit of looking better, but I'm still handsome. Aren't we me. all? Aren't you we know? all? Yeah. Uh, I have hobbies that I enjoy. Uh, yes. Okay. I feel like people listen when I talk. Yes. Okay. I have a good influence on my friends. I think so, yeah. Okay. I have important goals. Very much so. Okay. When I make mistakes, I'm, I take them in stride instead of getting upset. Yeah. So you're a little more on the disagree on that one. Yeah. I, you get upset sometimes. I'm, I've gotten a lot better as I've gotten older, but normally if I screw something up, I get really upset about it. That's okay. I feel good about myself most of the time. Yep. Okay. This is a self-esteem test that kids would take back in the late 90s or early to late 90s. Well, just all the 90s, I guess, and maybe the early aughts. And I would imagine that this is probably a pretty hard self-introspective look if you think about the age that this would have been given to. Well, yeah. I mean, like, I want to take this to, to kids tomorrow yeah. and say, hey, we're going to take 10 seconds. Well, maybe maybe 10 minutes. And I want you to take this little this little self-esteem test, and I want you to turn it back to me. Because here's the deal. I mean, And then I'm going to share it with everybody. <laughs> well, I, I don't think that bully 101's changed since we were kids. No, no, no. So nine times out of, no, 10 out of 10, really, okay. a bully is somebody who has their own insecurities. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they're just taking it out on somebody yeah, because else. Because they're, they're strike first. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, because makes them feel better about themselves and their insecurities if they can make somebody else feel small. Yeah, yeah. Because if I attack first, then I'm not going to be attacked. That's you right. Know, the best defense is a good offense. That's right. And these kids, Cobra Kai. That's right. You know, I'm done. You know what I'm saying? Oh, ladies and gentlemen, that's the podcast. Yeah. No. So, so anyways, uh, absolutely. Like bullying is created because of a self-esteem issue. Nine times out of ten, there may be some some other issues uh, that isn't specifically self-esteem. But uh, some ways to improve self-esteem: be yourself. Yep. There's nobody like you. Focus on the positive. Have a sense of purpose. Be patient with yourself. That's not taught enough. Not at all. At, well, the instant gratification aspect is is people want their abilities to like magically morph right in front of their eyes and they want to immediately be able to create the website to create uh whatever it is that's going to start monetizing but, yeah, i gotta tell you that though man but it, it's it's like a drug now yeah absolutely but, it is because you talk about being yourself we have lost the the concept of the person who defines our wealth is ourself right? yeah i mean our worth not our wealth it'd be both. really cool if we could do both yeah yeah uh but uh but I mean, we've experienced it when we were growing this podcast. Uh huh. When every two episodes we were talking about like three hundred people more like this, you know, we were growing and growing and growing and stuff. Yeah, it was like dopamine. Yeah, it was it was incredible. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And then sometimes if the numbers weren't growing, well, instantly what are we, we doing got wrong? down on ourselves. What are we doing yeah, wrong? Yeah, well, we, how we, we got to fix this? Yeah, we until we, the point where we said, "Let's just do this." <laughs> exactly. Let's just talk. Let's have yeah. a good time. If people want to join. Join. Right. Who cares? But we're still going to post it because we enjoy it. We're doing this for us. That's right. My kids, whenever they hear me talking about it, they love it. They're like, oh, Dad, you're on the radio. And I'm yep. like, yeah, I sure am. It's Bluetooth, but it's on the radio or whatever. Absolutely. Yep. We're not doing this for anybody else because, like, if you get something out of it, great. Awesome. That could not make us any happier. But at the same time, 
we're not trying for you to get something out. We got more out of this than we could have ever imagined. But it's, it's, I think it's a hard lesson. And, you know, we were talking a little bit uh, before we started. You know, we, I got back from the gym with the kids and stuff, and I was really proud of Jack. Mm-hmm. Talking to the girls a little bit because they're like, oh, what do we look like? People are looking at us, you know, because yep. they're at that period where they're like, oh, you know, so self-conscious of everything despite everyone's efforts to build them up, you know? Yep, yep, yep. And so, you know, Jack was like, everybody there is trying to improve themselves, and so they really should only be focused about themselves. It's not like it's a runway. Yeah. I don't care what somebody thinks. I'm out there trying to make myself better. That's all yeah. I really care about. Absolutely. And I'm like, that's incredible that, like, okay, I'm a proud dad moment. There you, know? you go. There you go. You're 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 15, 16? 16? 16, Yeah. Oh my gosh. He's yeah. not can, you driving, imagine, so. can you imagine? He's not driving right now, so it's bothering me that I don't remember <laughs> well, that. Yeah, it's bothering him too. But That's fair. I'm gonna need someone else to teach the boy to drive. <laughs> you are not patient with him. <laughs> I don't have enough medication. Oh, that's fair. Uh, so you know, <laughs> you know, fair. if Uncle Joe Boo wants to, yeah, have yeah. At it. Well, you know, I, I can teach him how to play pool. It's fair. Uh, so good communication pays off. Doesn't yep. it? I think it does. Like, if in some ways, not everybody's going to be a good communicator. Guilty. Not a good communicator at times, right? I have uh, times where I check out. I have times where I just, I don't really care about someone's feelings when I talk. I have times when I I think the best way to say something is extremely direct, and uh, who cares who gets hurt? Well, I think that, and, and I don't know. Guilty. I've Guilty. Heard, I've heard this characterized as a man thing. I, I don't know if it's it's exclusively a man thing or not. Yeah. But we are we're problem solvers. A lot, a lot of people are. I think me and you are. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's something we've had to learn over time, and it would probably have been super helpful in, in relationships <laughs> earlier on, if we realize that sometimes we it's not our problem to solve. We just need to listen. Because you've probably done that thing where you, you, like, five words in, once you think you've ascertained the problem, uh-huh. you stop listening because you're thinking about, okay, as soon as they be, as soon as they shut up, yep, I'm going to tell them how to fix it. Yep. You know? 100% and I do that. even in, in that this. That is a guy thing. Yeah. But even in this with us, I think we've had our moments. We've probably butted heads some because, and it's unintentional. It's just our nature. Right. Whenever... I'm talking for a period of time. You, at some point, are probably zoning out because you're just focusing on what it is you want to say as soon as I'm going to shut up. Completely. And I do the exact same thing. Have you ever <laughs> realized the point in our podcast where you're like, I think I'm responding to what he said, but I did yeah. not hear him. And then you go back and listen, and you're like, oh, I had no idea he said that. Yes, when we go back and listen. Dude, I do like, that wow. all the time. I'm like, wow, that was a really good point. I wish... I wish I'd said something. Wish I would have actually heard it. Yeah, acknowledged it or something. Yeah, because, yeah, (laughs) because I'm sure the people that are watching the video, like, they can probably see, like, a dilation of our eyes change at some point. Absolutely. To where we're just, like, thinking, please stop talking so I can just interject something real quick. Yeah. Because. Well, that's that's the problem with both of us. And at some point in time, that is not always a problem, but at at some points in time, you get long winded. I get long winded. Right. We're in the middle of telling a story. We're in the middle of making a point. And it's, it's like. Even still, you know, you remember that uh, the Office episode where Michael Scott is trying to tell David Wallace what he does good. Yes, and he's just like, uh, "Don't ever, for any reason, in, do anything to anybody. For any reason, do anything that could be, or should mm-hmm. be, or won't be, or might be, or could be for any reason." Like, and then he just says, "I get lost when I'm talking," yep. and I do that same thing when I'm listening. I get lost when I'm listening because I do hear some. I get on to people for talking in paragraphs. Uh, I'm going to address sentence numbers one and two. You also don't like people texting in paragraphs. You, you've been 
honest with me. You're like, listen, if it's more than ten words, I'm not reading it. Right. Give me give me a couple <laughs> sentences, and then I'm just well, I'll not respond, and then give me the next thought. You know. <laughs> and so, anyways, uh, shout out to all those in our lives listening. <laughs> So anyway, but like good communication pays off. It pays off to be a good listener. Listening is one of the best ways that you can show affection and understanding. It's a cornerstone relationships, not just like your social or your romantic relationships. But I think you've probably seen this as a coach and as a teacher. Yeah, I know I've seen it as a, an employer and you know leader in organizations. Uh-huh. It's so important. Even and it's hard because you could be having a really long day, and you just want to turn your brain off. Yeah. But it's important that you actively listen to somebody. Huh? Regardless Absolutely. of what it is. Absolutely. Because it's an investment in time and it means something to someone else. And a lot of the times you're going to catch something that, that's going to help you, you know, intervene or, or make a difference later on. Yeah. You know, people want to feel valued. And I think that's the, the biggest um, thing that people don't understand about communication. Uh-huh. It's about making sure that you, you're not leaving someone feeling like they have a lesser value yeah. when they first started talking to you. Absolutely. And so, but that's, so but that's, that's a trick about communication. You got to know when to turn it off. You got to know when to turn the talk off. Well, don't right? you think, too- if you belabor the talk, then don't you start losing somebody? It, it loses its value inherently. Well, don't you, know you feel like, our, like, and maybe this is not generational, maybe there's just some of us, but like, I feel like, you know, I know you're going to love this hashtag love languages. Oh, yeah. Um, My favorite. But all the time, <laughs> like you should hear this guy talk about it. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I diagnose myself <laughs> with love languages on a daily basis. I love those surveys. I am gift giving. Yeah. I am service. I am, I'm NFT focused. Cube plus or something. Right. I Anyways, um, I think time, though, is something that we grew up seeing as a value, like a love, like. My like my grandfather like quality super busy. time yeah super quality busy. time yeah but if we got to have that quality time that was important and yeah. I think a lot of us had working parents uh-huh. and so time was important and I think it is there's a contrast because you know I'm sure you experience with your kids I do with mine where I'm like begging like please for the love of everything holy and sacred uh-huh. let's do, what do you want to do yeah I don't want to do anything uh, I just, I just want to do this uh, no no let's go you know right. I'm not gonna force you to go do something with me like let's go do something right. No, I don't want to. Oh my gosh, dude! And so then it's like, like for it, me, it, it was sucks. going to movies with my dad, man. Yeah, that was awesome. I mean, we're not even talking or anything. We're just sitting there enjoying the magic of the movies, right? Uh, we're teleporting our imaginations wherever we may go, mm-hmm. and and it was like, and but then we got to diagnose the movie afterward, like how how good was it? What was the favorite part and all this other stuff? And I really enjoyed doing that and to the point where now. I'll go to the movies by myself because he did. Like, if there's a movie I want to go see, if nobody else is available, that's one thing. But at the same time, if nobody else wants to see it, it'd be like, well, I do, so I'm going, you know, and I will just go. And I don't care what movie it is, right? I'll, I'll, if I, I'll generally, I, I won't go see a kid's movie by myself because I'm not interested in them anymore outside of my kids being interested in them. Um, but, I mean, I will go to any movie by myself that has an interest to me from the previews or whatever. And if I have a company, if I have company going to the movies with me, great. If I don't, oh, well. It's cheaper. Yeah, (laughs) completely. And a little easier to stuff one person's snacks from the gas station in your pocket than two people's snacks. So next, learn to make and keep friends. Uh, It's so easy right now for people to jump ship 
from one friend to the next because they have this they have this thing that they're trying to define loyalty and um uh they're trying to define respect they're trying to define um uh dependability but they're all doing it based on can you keep a secret can you not share a post can you not say something that might include me because i'm gonna take that personally and now i'm offended by you i gotta tell you there's so many little speed bumps and it's all because of social media well, and I think it comes from a place of, I think it comes from good intentions at times, but I've noticed that, that I think a lot of the youth, they don't understand the longevity of life and relationships. Uh-huh. I mean, like, the I like with mine, they have friends. Uh-huh. They don't have friends like I had growing up. No. At all. No, no. You know what I mean? And like, to think about it, like, from the perspective of, we were friends growing up. And and had different periods of time yep. that we were probably closer than others. Yep. You know, um, where we were more spending the night or doing stuff, you know, and everything. Sure. Um, but then, you know, 15 years goes by. Yep. Life happens. Life happens. And then you you boom. went in a you went in one direction, I went in another. And, and then they, they ended up they ended and up they, they merged. They merged about five well, about seven, eight yeah, years ago. Yeah, to, yeah. To a crazy time. But because we we had that foundation. Yeah, we were able to be there for each other and our kids. Oh and, my gosh! And, and it's been a huge blessing. And I think about, and I, and I think it's hard sometimes for the younger kids to understand that. Like, there's people that we consider friends, and and like some great times we had in the early days of the podcast, reconnecting with people. Yeah, and it was like, wow, like, so you you haven't seen those people in a couple a long time, right? right. We never heard of them. Oh, you know, but like you're getting along, like you guys are best friends. Like, well, no, we. He's picking up where you left off. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's value in that. And I think we, when you talk, we talk about getting people ready for work. Uh-huh. You know, LinkedIn actually is kind of a cheesy thing now, but it's nice from the perspective of it replaces the yield Rolodex. Yeah, sure. But so much of business is relationships, man. Yeah. Like, you've seen it probably in teaching and coaching, right? If somebody gets to gets the move up. Yep. Then they're going to bring their people. Okay, so here's the deal. You know. Uh, it, right here it says, take the first steps towards friendship. A smile and a friendly interest, uh, interested attitude will make these steps easier. First of all, you could stop it right there. A smile and a friendly, interested attitude. Like, attitude is the mind's paintbrush, okay? This is something my grandmother told me right before she passed away, and I'll remember it for the rest of my life. It can color any situation. Uh, see, you didn't respond to my Facebook post, so you're gonna need to text me that later, so I can use that. In the I'll future. make sure. I'll make sure you got it. That's a good quote, man. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, so, if you have a the right attitude going into a situation, it doesn't matter how cloudy that situation is, how dark or anything, you can come out with with a silver lining, with a positivity, with with a good experience. Um, now. Obviously, I'm going to go ahead and say, based on the polarizing nature of what I just said, there is a possible exception, right? Somebody brings a gun to your face, and you have a positive attitude about it. Well, you, you may not take away a ton of good stuff as long as you're alive. Like, that might be the only thing you take away. I'm still here, you know, or whatever. But 
Introduce yourself to others sitting next to you in the class, lunchroom, etc. Start a conversation by making small talk. Did you finish the homework assignment? What do you think of the new teacher? Uh, find out what the other person's interested in. Invite the person to do something. To have a good friend, you must be a good friend. Here's some tips. Take an interest in what's important to your friend. Be honest. Be polite. Give your friend support and encouragement. Be reliable. If you promise to call or meet somewhere, do it. Be loyal. Don't talk behind your friend's back. Be a giver and a receiver. Don't make your friend do all the work. Respect your friend's point of view. I mean, Keep your friend's secrets and enjoy the friendship. That's transcendent. Like and, and so many different things. It in life. has not. It is not just about. Fr it's about. That's how you should live. Like it doesn't. It doesn't matter if you're a friend. If you're an acquaintance. Yeah. Do what you say you're going to do. Yeah. Right. Be reliable. I want to know. I mean, I feel like some of this maybe we learned more at home, but like, shout out to the light program. Yeah. For coming up with this and Well, like, the or, light program in the nineties. Right, but I'm saying, but like what like let's sign a petition and start getting this taught. Yeah. At, like in a in a homeroom period. Let's have a of, class of this. Yeah. Fifteen minutes a day on this instead yeah. of preparing for those stupid tests. Yeah. Uh we will have so much better kids if this is what we well, talk. Well, I wonder, you know, now that we were let's teach it at home though, please. Well no, I I agree with that. Yeah. But you know, we we explored you know, dealing with some of our stuff, we huh. explored some counseling. Yeah. Um, uh, as a family, and, and then you know myself individually and stuff, and like it was just eye opening. Right. Um, and a lot of it was based around communication, and like you know, I've always thought I've been a good communicator, but you can still learn. You know, there's different tools and techniques, and and I think in this day and time, more and more people talk about we talk about mental health. Yeah. We talk about the stability of people, and and, and just some of the traumas and how people are coping and dealing with stuff. You wonder why, if if we're finally okay to talk about it, mm -hmm. you know, we, schools are more equipped to handle kids that are dealing with anxiety and panic attacks and some other things like that, depression. Like maybe start putting some of this stuff, but they're proactive. They're so you know equipped, but they're not ready. Well, I which mean, I think is kind of an oxymoron in the way that I'm saying it. Maybe doesn't even make sense to people the way I'm saying it. But they're not ready to do it from the standpoint of, like, okay, I, I take this this attitude that discipline is whenever you are starting discipline, okay? You're introducing discipline into somebody's life. It is harder for the discipliner than it is for the disciplinee. It is harder because it requires the person administering the discipline, number one, to follow through, number two, to be consistent, Number three, to analyze what that discipline needs to be. And it, it requires the person administering the discipline to make sure they are taking care of why the discipline needs to be done. As soon as they invoke a discipline that's not effective, now they have to go back to the drawing board. Everything comes back to the discipliner. For the disciplinee, it is something bad happened and I don't want that to happen again. I will agree with that if it's done constructively. But mo absolutely, there's, there's, discipline doesn't work if it's not done constructively. But I think you would agree that there is a shortage uh -huh. of people that know how to constructively 
give discipline, feedback, etc. Absolutely. And so I think in those cases, I, I think that, that that coins flipped a little bit. Well, and, okay. It's so, a lot harder for somebody to get to face punishment without any direction, okay, without any feedback, and without any steps to correct it. So let me let me throw this a, for you. Just avoid. Let me throw this for you in terms of children. Okay, if you discipline your kids when they're young. You won't have to discipline when them when they're older. Generally speaking, like I mean, you won't have to discipline them for the same things when they're older. You may yeah. have to for for something new. Yeah. Okay. But my point is, is let's just say uh, you're talking, you're doing this whole talking back thing, where you you tell the child not to do something, and then they're like, "But this gets to happen, and this gets to happen," and and you're like, "Don't talk back, right?" Well, you initially have to discipline that child. And maybe you initially have to teach that child. This is what talking back is. Do not do it, or there will be a punishment of some kind. Well, then they hear this lesson, they take it in, they may not remember it, and then they do it five days later. Well, what do you have to do as the disciplinarian? You then have to apply the discipline that you would ever assign to it, whether it's a spanking, whether it's a grounding, whether it's a taking away of something, whatever it is. You now have to apply that discipline because you caught them doing something you just told them not to do, and they should know not to do it, right? Okay, so that's instance number one of applying the discipline. Well, what happens when they do it again five days later? Again, five days later, right? They, this is now 10 days. They've done it twice. Do you just let it go? I think it depends on the situation. No, you discipline it again. If they break the rule, whatever the rule is that you've established, and they do it, they need a reminder of, of I, this is not something I need to be doing. And so it doesn't matter what that rule is. It could be stealing something, right? If they continuously steal something... Or if they, uh, they go get a snack when they're told not to. Mom said no, and they go do it, right? Dad said no, and they go do it. They broke a deliberate order, rule, command, whatever you want to say, from mom and dad. Well, there needs to be a discipline applied. Well, every time that there's a discipline, every time that there's a breaking of a rule, there's got to be a discipline. That is harder on the disciplinarian than it is on the kid or whomever breaking the rule. It's way easier to continuously break a rule than it is to enforce a rule. Yes. Absolutely it is. If it's being done right, correct. It's harder to enforce it. It's harder to enforce it. Yes, enforcing consequences is a lot harder. And when you enforce it regularly, when when you enforce regularly... You then have to enforce less as you get older. That's my point. At the beginning stages of discipline, it's harder on the disciplinarian because you have to be looking for the lessons you taught for them to learn them. And you have to be consistent. It is one of the hardest things in life to be consistent about, well, about discipline. It's very, very tough. I want to make what might sound like a controversial statement. Sure. But I think discipline without teaching might as well be abuse. Absolutely. That's why I said the first stage is yeah. to dis- is, is to teach before you. Right. Yeah. Apply so I'm not saying discipline. that's what you were saying. I'm just saying yeah. like I, I I would just draw that distinction. And I think. But that's my point of why it's harder. Right. But would you also agree that when we're talking about the youth today, uh-huh. with or without discipline, there is an absence of teaching. 
not when it comes to not when it comes to things they should be disciplined for. I'm talking about there's like, actually an excess of teaching and an and a decline of of discipline. Being late to school, let's just put it out there, okay? That's a rule of school. If you're late, you're tardy. You should not be tardy, right? You should be to class on time. You're you're breaking the schedule, the rule of the schedule, okay? And when it becomes a problem, it, it becomes more of a uh, uh, truancy issue, right? If I'm late 10 minutes today, then I can be late 15 minutes tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Then I can be late 45 minutes the next day. Then I can be late an hour and a half. And then I can be late. Then I can start skipping school. Like it be, when, when that issue doesn't get addressed, it gets worse. Yes. Okay. You, how do you disagree with that? Well, that's one of the, I think, the things that's... That's a tough one. It, I'm sure it is. Most children, I mean, I, I'd say, I'm not saying most. I'm saying th- there is, there's a two-sided coin to that. Okay. So some kids are late, tardiness, mm-hmm. because of their own choosing. Others, it's because it's out of their control. Agreed. Right? Agreed. And I think when we look at, like, what that, what that, um, but, what okay. that moves up to. The, like, that issue, the out-of-their-control issue, drastically declines i would say like an 80 to 90 percent decline of the out of the control when it comes first period second period they're late to first period because out of their control then they're late to second period now that was of course way more in their control because they are already on campus exactly right so i'm talking about there's a tardiness problem people don't feel like they need to be on time to class for whatever reason this is a this is affecting my school specifically and so what they're doing is they're showing up late to first period and you can't really do a lot about that because where they dropped off what was the bus late whatever did they have to walk to school how far do they have to walk Did they get a little bit of a late start or did they go sit in their car for 20 minutes after the bell and then come in right you cannot fully distinguish those kids in first period but you can definitely distinguish them in second period and third period and fourth period who are the ones that are dragging their butts to get to class between periods what do you think about this because I, I think this is this is that's where the truancy issue comes in correct okay but do you think so we talk about like discipline right uh-huh and the importance of all those things sure but the other thing which i think might be lost on on the younger generation is that we were basically taught if you follow the rules and you do as you're told uh-huh then you don't have as many rules. Right. You know what I mean? So like right. if you... That if remains you can, true. If you can... In, in all aspects of life, right? If you can demonstrate that you can be on time and you can be punctual and you have good attendance, eventually you're going to get to a place to where no, it, you can do whatever you want. 100%. School, work, life. Yeah. Um, listen, part of it is I can't tell you how many kids do the right thing in my class on a regular basis. And I'll let them go to the restroom when they ask, and others who are continuously late and other stuff, and be like, nope, you weren't even here. On You got here 20 minutes ago, and now you're asking to go to the restroom? Sorry, you had 20 minutes to go. Right. Just, I just don't understand. Like, we worked hard. I, I worked hard, really hard the first two years. Third year wasn't that bad. My senior year, I, I don't think I felt like it wasn't even school. Yeah. yeah. I, I wasn't even there right. most of the time. And when I was, I was getting to do, like, stupidly cool things. Right. 
Like your your yeah. your school life should be tough at the beginning. Yeah. And it should in. get easier as you go. Like it's just one more thing you do and you may not like to do it, but it shouldn't but be every, difficult. Everybody wants easy now. Right. Everybody, freshmen included. Freshmen, sophomores, they want the easy more so than the seniors. And the seniors realize, oh, it's actually quite a bit easier now. Yep. You know, I mean, there's a handful that, you know, didn't do what they're supposed to do when they were freshmen, sophomores, so it's harder for them to get through. But did they even learn that lesson, right? Did they even realize, you know, if I would have been more serious as a freshman and sophomore, then now my school years wouldn't be very difficult. See, for me, those, those kids didn't learn anything. They don't care. They don't care that, that they're, they may not graduate, right? If they don't graduate, they'll just sign themselves out of school until they go get a job and they're like, well, where'd you graduate from high school? I didn't. Oh, well, we can't take you unless you have a GED or a high school diploma. Well, then they got to go get the GED or they got to go back to school and get their high school diploma or whatever. And I, so I would say getting a GED at 19 is probably a lot harder than getting a diploma over the course of four years. Oh, I completely agree with you. That's I always thought that people like when I was hiring people, they had a GED. Like I never held it against them. Sure, and I'm like they actually probably know the stuff <laughs> because that's you, fair. There's a, there's plenty of people we knew graduated. They did not. They did not learn anything. Well, I mean, that's the problem. They with, work the system. Well, that's the problem with GED versus high school. You can work the system, be just fine. You're not going to get a job that asks you to take the square root of the uh, a squared plus b squared to exactly. find the side. You're not going to be. Get, you're not going to get a job like that. Right, you you might have to put some data in a computer in it, and that computer's programmed to do that for you. But you're not going to be asked to do pre-calculus. You're not going to be asked to do physics, right? I mean, so maybe some some minor exceptions, or I say minor, they're major jobs. But you're not going to be asked, largely speaking, to do the stuff in school out in the real world. Right. So when everybody asks, uh, what's the what's the value in this? Why are we doing this? I'm like, well, it's to make you logically more intelligent you need to be able to dissect a problem and figure out what's important and what's not yeah the critical thinking is in short shortage absolutely uh decision making is a great shortage shortage, actually short shortage is people great shortage or short shortage well yeah heard it both ways yeah yeah it's an excessive shortage yeah yeah uh decision making for young kids this is another pamphlet here uh, making decisions is an important part of life for everyone. Deci- uh, decision-making skills are key. Uh, some decisions are easy, others are tough, but all decisions become easier to make once you've learned decision-making skills. You won't always make the right decision. No one does. But learning and using decision-making skills can make it more likely that you will. I'm just going to kind of keep rolling here. Uh, that was more the introductory page. Uh, your values influence your decisions. 100%. Values are the things that you are important to a person, right? Your values are influenced by your family, your peers, your past experiences, society, and others. Right now, everybody's values are based on tickety tockety. Well, bitty. Uh, your values are your choice. Your values are your choice. Your family, friends, and others can have a big influence on your values. However, in the end, what you choose to value is completely up to you. So identify your values. They actually have a try to list uh, your values 
uh, at least ten of them, and maybe even rank them. What's the most important thing? Don't to you, you think that last thing on that that, la- that previous slide was probably one of the more powerful things that that we've seen in these full pamphlets? Like your values are your choice. Yeah, because I think that that is really lost on kids. I think it was when we. I think we struggled at times re- re- growing up. We we t- we talk about it here recently. I'm sure we did with some of the stuff of like. We grew up like, why do we believe what we believe? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? I think that's that's super powerful. Absolutely. Like, whenever you go to church or whatever, uh, if you just sit there and hope to be brainwashed, well, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> like, but if you actually go in and read whatever's being taught, then you then have the capability of making up your own decisions, making up your own mind, and finding what you perceive out of something to be truly important to you. And so it's the same with, with these things. With uh, If we were to list our values right now, let's, let's start listing some values. And they don't have to be in any kind of prioritized order because we could rank them here. We could rank them whenever we want to. But uh, let's, what's a value to you? Integrity. Okay. Family. Faith. Okay. Um, uh, work ethic. Honesty. Give me another one if I can't think of one off the top of my head. Kindness, compassion. Okay, friendship. Um, uh, Generosity. Logic, to me, is very valuable. Practicality. Yeah. Okay, so right there we have, we probably listed 10, maybe 12. Uh, Right there we have a list of things, and what is the most important on that list to you? Toss between integrity and faith. Okay, I would I would argue that your faith is the reason you have integrity. So maybe one, two, maybe one and one a, you know, mm-hmm. um, after that. Yeah, you're right. With the faith. I mean, everything kind of falls in underneath that. <laughs> right. Uh, after that, family. Yep. In me, in my opinion, after that to me would be like work ethic, perseverance, because you're not going to get anywhere without perseverance. You're not going to get anywhere without work ethic. You're not going to accomplish anything you have to have your work ethic in order to be successful uh, i was watching a, a steve harvey thing that said uh successful people don't sleep eight hours a day that's one third of your life well it requires the work ethic to to work on less sleep than that you have to be able you have to be dedicated and determined to wake up and take care of whatever the business is you need to take care of because people on the east coast when they wake up at 8 in the morning, it's 6 in the morning on the West Coast. So the stock market has been open for two hours before you wake up if you're waking up at 8 in California. And so you've already lost two hours of potential trading time if we're talking stocks where there could have been a, a, a surge in price and then a drop in price. You just lost the opportunity to make however much money. And so it's because you were sleeping. Well, if you woke up, if you, if you set your alarm and got yourself up, you now have the ability to make the money or demonstrate you can uh, give yourself that opportunity. But even still, I mean, we gave you, right there, we gave you 10 to 12 values that, uh, that you know what, you take them or leave them, you throw them right back, I don't care. But, uh, you know. We have a no return policy on our values, Josh. Right, well, we do, personally. But my point is, is that uh, you can be given value. You can be told what's valuable by however many people you want to be told, uh, or or want to tell you. But at the end of the day, you got to pick what's the most important for you.
And so uh, there you go. There's 10, there's 10 things. Right here, here's a, a list, a potential list. Being respected by others, wealth, learning, being liked by other people, independence, honesty, having fun, how you look, or sharing with others. Right? There's a potential list of things that, that a kid is probably thinking on a regular basis. Right. Right? You, you, in high school, girls are more re, uh, uh, curious about how they look. Right? Generally speaking, they take more time with what they look like. Uh, they're all, there's also a being liked by other people. There's a, the, the sensitive crowd is curious. Are they liked by other people? And that they have a hard time if they're not. Uh, respect is a, I think being respected by others is a, is a subset of the population where they may not see respect at home, but they expect it at school. And when they don't get it, that's when you get the fights and the dissent and all the other stuff. That people are compensating. Right. Have you, how many times have you ever heard the, uh, if you want respect, you got to give respect? Mm-hmm. I heard that from a student the other day. Like, the, I said the other day. I heard it from them uh, last year or the year before. To me, about them. And I was like, are we not taking our own advice right now? They were probably watching the same goal cast we were on Instagram. They probably they were. <laughs> that's, that's my point. Like, I'm sitting back thinking, you're telling me that I got to be respectful to you in order for you to be respectful to me, but that doesn't work the other way around. I honestly, you know, there's more we talk about this. I, and I've said it before, I'll say it again. I really, really find it unfathomable uh-huh. how you do it. Because I, with, with the four I have at home, uh-huh. virtual learning, mm-hmm. I work from home. So... It, 24 hours a day mostly. Uh-huh. I'm with my beautiful children. Yeah. And I love them. But I swear, some days, everything is a debate. Everything is combative. Right. And it, over stupid things. And and it's like a raw nerve being with salt being poured on it and it, someone beating it with a bat. Yeah. And you uh-huh. are your job. Yeah, 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 I'm in there with 30 kids for an hour and a half every day, uh, multiple times a day. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I, and I know it's rewarding because we talked about this too. Like, it doesn't matter where we go in the Metroplex. Mm-hmm. If we go out to eat somewhere, or we go to a movie, we go to a, I mean, a, a store. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Some former student's going to come up, yeah. and it might have been they just had you in geometry one year. Yeah, yeah. But they remembered you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know I, I mean? am one of the most memorable yeah. people at Rowlett High School. Well, I know. Just but, saying. I know, but I'm just saying you're doing something right because throughout all this chaos. Mm-hmm. That we're talking about, yeah, and, and you have to have PTSD, you know, anytime sure, like I'm an sure episode of Degrassi you hear on or something, yeah, uh, you know, uh, but a, a uh, shout out to the Canadians, um, but anyways, I just was gonna say that man, like I utmost respect for you, well, I appreciate that you're that. doing, and I think, it, you know, in I think you have a very unique perspective because you're looking at this not just as a father and as a parent, yeah, but as somebody who for the, spent the last what, where are we at now? Four, this is year fourteen total. Fourteen like years in total with a one year spent, at bottom. Yeah, yeah, you've spent it'll be almost two decades. It spent. will be in the ballpark of thirty when I'm done. Yeah, I think it'll be twenty seven, 
when I'm able to retire. Yeah. Which if I'm with if it if I'm able to retire at twenty like twenty seven years of teaching, then I'll be like, what did I start? Fifty. I'll be like fifty or fifty one. That will be awesome, right? Consi- I mean, all things considered, if health stays moderately decent, right, and I'm able to live a, a decently long life, like that's potentially 30 years of, of not having to teach. Now, I may have to go get a little, a, a little uh, supl- uh, support the income job, right? My... Uh, my what's it called? My my retirement may not be Your super second career. stellar, right? But uh, I won't have to like answer to anybody near as much as I will for these thirty years. And I'm sitting back thinking, that's got to be great. That's got the potential in that has got to be phenomenal. Have you ever have you ever done the numbers? Um, always, I'm a math teacher. I know, but like, do you think? But like, have you ever thought? Of, I mean, maybe you have or not. But like, I'm like, are you? Do you think you're at like in the tens of thousands of students by now? Uh, no, 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 no. Um, I might be in the fifteen hundreds. Okay. Um, well, let's call it maybe in the three three thousand to thirty five hundred, roughly. Well, no, wait, wait, hold on. I have not done the numbers. Let's kind of think about the numbers for a second. I mean, because also I'm taking consideration like your exposure to um, the football team, right, 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 and the soccer team as well. So I'm only going to do soccer team because I didn't, I didn't really get involved with many of the football players for those four years. But if it hadn't okay. been for some of that involvement, we would not be sitting here today. Well, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. So <laughs> we'll add one to that, whatever that, my number. That is. that one guy with the hot dog story. So. Assuming I have a hundred students a year, yep. For fourteen years, it's fourteen hundred people. Right. Okay. Now in the soccer program, there's about seventy to seventy-five. If you count trainers, round it up to a hundred. No, not that many. We can round it up to a hundred in terms of the other sports that I did. Okay. You know, either in, get myself involved in, or I have, uh, I reached out to those kids and and learned about their season or mm-hmm. whatever. So another hundred, so twenty eight hundred kids, uh, in fourteen years. So twenty eight hundred and one, because of the one. Yeah, twenty eight hundred one. <laughs> no, but uh, but yeah, no, that's a lot of faces. It's a lot of names. There's a ton of names that I that I don't remember their name, but I know the face. I had you in class. And they're like, yeah, you did. I I ran into somebody at the AT and T store not long ago, and they ended up being the the salesperson. Whenever I was upgrading my phone. And uh, and I I didn't fully remember all the stuff she did in class or whatever, but she's like, yeah, coach, I slept in your class on a regular basis. It was first period. It was early. I was tired. I was working jobs or whatever. And it's like, I mean, I remember that, but I mean, I thought you did what you were supposed to do, generally speaking. Anyways, but there's, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll run into a lot in the in the general part of this metroplex. I'll run into quite a bit. I ran into one at the gas station at a Walmart the other day. He was one of the clerks, and uh, I was like, what's up, Ricky? <laughs> How you doing? You got a little weird haircut yeah. going on right now, yeah. but you gotta you gotta explore life. My favorite was the gentleman from Chili's, <laughs> Dakota. That yep. was funny. That was yep. funny. That was so that was wild. Uh, let's let's talk about for a second why your kids why it's a struggle with your kids right now. Okay, uh, when you're at home and they're doing their online school and right. stuff, right? And it's, it's it's a difficult time for you to navigate 
for like with them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the decision making uh, is a step by step process. That it is. Okay. Number one, you have to identify the problem or situation. It's fair. Okay. Number two, you got to think of all the possible actions that you could take. Stop right there. That doesn't happen anymore. Nobody considers what they could do. Everybody is a gut reaction. This is what I'm going to do when this happens. 100%. Because they don't care about trying to figure it out. They care about trying to make it right. And that's the problem. Like, things being made right is like an impossibility, in my opinion. I think it's the crawl before the walk thing. You know, like, I'm all for it. I'm all for working this, learning to work a system. Sure. That's how people advance in life. I'm all for uh, working smarter, not harder. Yeah, absolutely. But you got to have that foundation before you start leveraging those talents. It's kind of like what, uh, you know, I used to talk to the kids about, um, uh, you know, like, like the difference between Jordan and Jack, right? Uh-huh. Jordan had God-given size, speed, strength. Like, he had so many just God-given talents. True. Jack didn't have some of the same physical attributes. Like he, he he's getting to my height now, but like he never he didn't sprout up as he's much. He's gonna max out just under you, I think. But I, well, he, yeah, right around. Yeah. But um, he um he didn't have he didn't have the same growth spurts as, as Jordan. Sure. But Jack had this the most incredible work ethic. Like he was playing two years up, but when like when we finished playing soccer, he was playing two years up because he had outwork anybody. Yeah. You know he had he had skills and talent too, but I mean it just. Some things are a little bit easier for Jordan. Sure. But Jordan would get burnt out, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and he didn't necessarily, like, want to want to always um, – he wasn't as interested. He didn't apply himself and work as hard. And so then you saw a little brother at the end. Uh, kinda, you know what I mean? Kind of match his – yeah, yeah. yeah kind of reach that, that potential that Jordan had. Yeah. yeah and so it, it, it's – I think it's the same thing with academics, the same thing with other social things like we're talking about. Yeah. People want the reward, huh? but they don't always – want to do the work right right what well, step number three is the work yeah gather information yeah maybe you need more information before you choose to act yeah informed yeah. Uh, actions based upon informed decisions right uh number four consider the possible consequences non-existent absolutely 100 percent non-existent uh, now again gener- over generalizations are something that i can't stand but i do them every now and then because it does make a point you know what you're human that's true you thank, what, thank day, you at the end of the day you're an average joe i appreciate you you're for identifying joe. that for me and everybody else you're an average joe it happens but considering the possible consequences is something that is so rare that whenever i see someone do it I actually be like, you know what? Let's stop talking about this problem for a second. Let's stop talking about this decision that you got to make. Congratulations for reaching that next level of of life where you yeah, have leveled up. Where you have considered the consequences of your actions, whether they be good, bad, indifferent, whatever. You now think if you do this, this is going to happen. If you do this, this is going to happen. Like there's going to be some repercussion. And you know what? You get the choice now to figure out, can I deal with those repercussions or can I not? And so that is like the biggest thing that anybody could do is realize what could happen if I take this road and can I deal with it? If I can't deal with it, if they realize they can't deal with it, 
they're not going down that road. And how about right there? That eliminates how many percent, how much percent of the problems that you have growing up with the youth right now, trying to figure out like the stupidity and the, the, the things that they do that require some kind of a discipline. Well, I got to tell you, you know, in that decision making, um, you know, not to get too dark, but yep. um, I, I know it was it's been probably a problem for the ages, but I feel like you hear about it so much more. Um, it, you know, kids are making short sighted decisions with the ultimate of consequences. Uh-huh. You know, whether they are hurting themselves, they're hurting others. You know, uh, you, you hope it's a failed suicide attempt. Oh, yeah. But right. not all you of hope them are. it's a failed uh shooting yeah at the at some of the universities and stuff you got kids in their late teens early 20s well, taking guns to campus or the the virginia tech is one that that mm-hmm. happened uh there's i'm sure there's a few more where that there's I'm a not school thinking here about. in the metroplex it was a very interesting case one of the first of its kind where a kid was being like bullied hardcore and no one did anything about it and so the kid ends up bringing a gun because he was in fear for his life and sure enough and I don't know the details. So if anybody else is like, "Oh, that's not really what happened," but what I what I what I heard, what you think you recall, what, what I think I recall was that the guy was was basically getting jumped again, and so he pulled out the gun. He wasn't trying to kill anybody, but he he like you know shot it. I think he might have wounded some people. I don't yeah. know, but so he was treated completely different than some of these other school shooters. Huh. But it was like this moment of everybody was like, "Wow, we you know in this day and time, how did like, we miss that?" Yeah, but you find yeah. it crazy. Then in this day of the time, we're, we're doing particip- participation trophies. And we have all these anti-bullying campaigns, but yet this poor child obviously... Went under the radar for so long. Right. Yeah. But then on the flip side of things, you see all this stuff happening, uh, you know, cyberly. Mm. That is even the right word. Yeah. yeah. You know, social media and stuff. It's crazy, man. So, okay, here's another big thing about decision-making. After you've taken action, which is step six, there's apparently six steps in the decision-making process. Step five is to make a choice, which I think I said after step number four, when you consider the consequences. Number six, you do it. You take your action. After taking your action, you have to take responsibility for that decision. You know why I think we remember that? That doesn't happen anymore. No, but you know why I think that we understand this six-step process? Why? Because we do it? Well, um, Brian McKnight. That's why our generation knows this, the the multi step process. Okay, you, are you willing to to break out in song? Nah. Okay. Uh, so See, look, I just made a choice. Yeah, that's fair. You considered the consequences. I did consider the consequences. <laughs> I did. Okay, so uh, I had an incident in last Friday's game. We had a a, a tussle. Hold on. Now, are we talking about? The game, the act inside of the game, inside like of the game. Six last minutes week. into the second half of the game, so a district game. There was a tussle. There was a little and, tussle in in the district season so far. Stop it! Stop it now! Stop it right now! Okay, we had a little tussle. Okay, and you know I just want to hype you up. Next okay. game, we will be Sans goalie because of this little tussle. Sans without. Oh, that's why I need to take a step backwards. Yeah, on my on my hype. So um, you're not gonna be able to play another one. Uh, yeah, I'll have another one. I mean, oh, I'll have I was another, like, yeah, I have another. How they change the rules? Like no, they're no. gonna they're gonna make it. So this isn't hockey. No, no, no. You know no, what I mean? <laughs> my backup went in the second half, and we ended up we ended up winning that game in PKs. And so now, because of 
because of a decision that was made, we have to is we it, have to try to overcome this potential roadblock. So is this your consequence or the district's consequence? Both and UIL. Okay, oh. he, we, we we Roja. We felt a we felt a red card. Ooh, and so uh, my first discussion with this young man was whenever we start before we start practice you will come into the team and you will take responsibility for what you did was it a fair call yes the, the call was fair i will explain the details of it to you afterward okay okay <laughs> anyways so uh anyways but he had a decision that he had to make in a, in a split second in an emotional time right uh at the point we were up 2-0 and mm. there was a event that occurred close to him where he had to feel like he had to step in. And uh, tensions got high, blah, 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 really fast. And now he has to take responsibility for that action. And he has to own up to the consequences. I don't know if you can share this or not, but did he lean into that? Oh, absolutely. In terms of his own, taking responsibility? Yeah, yeah absolutely. What he, what he prepared for today was was excellent in my opinion it felt sincere and genuine he read it but he wrote it before right. i mean so he was, hasn't lost the team then no i don't think so uh, matter of fact i had the team respond and there was nothing more than we love you um we got your back etc good deal man and so it was it was uplifting when people take responsibility for their actions generally speaking people rally around them yep and i mean you might have a consequence that you have to deal with Right. You might have to go to jail, but if if people in your family or whatever realize that you know you did something wrong and you take ownership that you did something wrong, then they're more likely to do what they can to support you than if you continue to deny mm -hmm. and deflect. Then they're like, listen, this is a lost cause. They don't, they don't own up to anything. It's never his fault. And... And it's a it's a thing that makes people kind of shun you, yeah. If you don't take responsibility, and so I thought he did really well with it, and uh, and I think that I think that we have. I mean, I think the the composition of our team this year and the the work that they put in and the, the things that they do on the field, I think, are generally speaking really good. And um, well, they're going to learn perseverance from this, right? They're going. I mean, they're going to learn. They're going to learn overcoming odds, or they're going to learn overcoming uh, maybe not odds, but like uh, uh, hardship or or uh, what's the thing? I, I I call it a roadblock, like a, a speed bump, barrier. Yeah, something that that is going to put. Uh, it's going to make things a little more difficult. Well, it's what we, we both loved about sports growing up, that you, you learn life skills. Well, so that you learn life skills, but then you also you also learn how to face things that are difficult. Now, difficult could be a loss. Difficult could be a radical paradigm inside of the team. Like, there's all kinds of little difficulties that you may have to face, and your character is going to be what's shown through those difficulties. Yep. And so... People don't really realize that, but uh, the reason why these pamphlets exist is because decision-making and things that you have to do in order to get along aren't really encouraged anymore. Like, making sure that you're taking the time to figure out what you need to do and in the right way. And what is the right way? Right, every situation is a little bit different, but 
Uh, you, but you, you definitely have a, a hierarchy of better, right? This way will be better than that way because it will have a consequence you can live with. This way will be worse because it has a consequence you cannot live with, you know? There, there's a hierarchy of what is good, what is better, and you have to basically figure out and then act based on that hierarchy. And so anyways... Uh, but but this type of stuff is something that that people need to make sure that number one you're teaching at home if you have kids like once these kids get to be able to reason things this stuff needs to be instilled in them like it it doesn't matter if they like school but getting along at school is valuable it doesn't matter if they are wishy washy but the ability to to figure out consequence and think about what that consequence could be is very valuable. It doesn't matter if they do get angry, right? I mean, me and you, Bible-based faith, uh, be angry and don't do anything stupid. Yeah, slow to wrath. Right. Uh, so, man, it's fine to be angry, but it's way better for you if you can be angry and still maintain some self-control. Yeah. And so slow to speak, swift to listen. Right. And so uh, here, you know, in, in this pamphlet, I'm just going to go through it quick, pretty quickly. If you're watching the video, whatever, you can see it. What is anger? Why, why is it important to know about anger? Uh, what causes anger? How does the body react to anger? Uh, anger can be, can be your friend or foe. Ignoring anger doesn't work. Uncontrolled anger can be dangerous. Here's some steps to keep your anger under control. Recognize your anger, identify the cause, and decide what to do, which is part of the reason why we did decision-making uh, before this. Keep your cool when expressing your anger. That's like the hardest thing to do. Everybody wants for everybody else to know that they're angry. Well, it it's, goes back to communication, man. Like uh, a life skill that probably is not taught enough is emoting and emotional intelligence. You need to be able to read a room, read a person, uh-huh. and you Absolutely. need to be able to adjust, adjust your, your approach depending upon what's going on with them. And then people, you also need to be able to find ways of healthily expressing that anger, Absolutely. that frustration, all those other emotions. Other ways to control a flaring temper, humor, physical activity. That's probably the best one in my opinion. Physical activity just like works in your body differently. Uh, anatomically, you know, rest and relaxation. That's a really good one. Uh, whenever I'm upset, I like to, I like to go to bed, sleep, wake up and, and figure out, like start fresh and start with a different mindset. Uh, just another even, way to address nap, the problem. If you're feeling overwhelmed. Yeah. It is. It hits that, that, that reset. Take a little time out, right? Get in a fight with somebody. You know what? Why don't we, why don't we try again tomorrow? You know, we don't have to finish this right now, but let's, Let's just step away from it. Try again in an hour. You know, try again later. It doesn't, anger and temper doesn't have to be the end of a relationship. It doesn't have to be the end of a person's success, you know. Uh, just take a step away for a minute. Hobbies. Find something to do. Start a podcast. Right. When someone else reaches the boiling point, this is what you're talking about, potentially reading that room or reading the situation. Calm down, be considerate, listen, don't take any chances, consider the causes of the anger. So, I mean, anger is a human emotion, is a natural emotion. That's, that's the next page here. 
figure it out. Instead of doing a slow burn, learn to handle your anger efficient or effectively or and efficiently. I'm adding words here, but I mean, kids don't know how to do this. And it's because on the TikToks and the social medias, what's praised right now is that 15 seconds of fame where somebody is on a rant and people find it empowering to be on a rant like that. People find it humorous. People find it inspiring, like, oh, if they can do it, I can do it, you know? And there's no reason to be ranting and raving and just cussing all, like out the wazoo to express some stuff. Like, I mean, in my opinion, cussing makes you sound ignorant, superiorly ignorant, because you and have... that's why we keep it clean. That's right. average Joe's. You have no other way of expressing your anger except the, like, five words and or all the other ways that those five words can be expressed. And I'm not saying that you can't use one of those words every now and then, but when that's all you're using... I can't tell you how many times I'm walking down the hallways of school and I hear an entire conversation that is 95% profanity and I'm just like, y'all are dumb. Y'all cannot think of words outside of these few phrases? Well, I, my, my, my mind goes to, you're not old enough, you ain't lived enough to understand how to use them words. <laughs> well, right. And, like, but, and Come talk to me. But there's such a, there's such a turn-off, there's such a... a uh, I don't know what the what the word is, but they're just not, they're hard on the ears. Unless you are in company where you know that what's going to be said is not going to offend, whether you say it or somebody else says it, unless you're in that select company, you need to watch what you say. Because people are going to judge you. If you're just out and about and just blah, 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 just telling people, Whatever you want to say, and making sure everybody around you hears it, you're going to be judged immediately by it, what type of person you are. It goes back to attention, though. I mean, when you've, when we've ever um, raised our voice, mm-hmm. or we've used profanity with uh, audiences uh-huh. in our lives that we wouldn't normally do it, it's it, the base root of that is attention. We're not being heard. We don't have anyone's attention. That's We're fair. doing it to, to get that. And then I think when you, when you talk about, like, when did that start? It, a back to attention, being cool. That's fair. You know what I mean? That's fair. And, and <clears throat> I just think, like, you know, it, one of the themes throughout all these documents really goes to, you know, a person's emotional well-being, emotional health, emotional um, intelligence. Yeah. You know? And, uh, you know, one more of the, the theme of schools. Sure. I, I took this humanities class in college, and uh, I first made fun of it because I thought scope of addiction. When am I going to an AA meeting? Mm. Ended up being probably one of the greatest educational experiences of my life because it was just it was just brilliant how it was taught. We would have to learn how to ju- practice juggling every day in class, and then halfway through we find out like the midterm was going to be juggling, and we're like, this is stupid, right? And then he started asking us, well, what's the hardest part? You see, toss the first ball, second ball's cool, but letting go of that third one. And he goes, there you go. And we were like, whoa, you know, and it was letting go. And then that's what he was trying to teach us was is that people's addiction, Uh whether it be food, TV, inappropriate material, language, 
the company they keep, drugs, alcohol, it all stems from things in our life that we haven't been able to process and let go. We're trying to, we're, we're trying to replace, you know, instantly replace bad emotions yep. or trying to plug holes. Absolutely. And, and so I, I think this was a great topic for us to go over. Really cool that that material existed so long ago. Yeah. I think it's really if you important. want that material, you just reach out average Joe's media at gmail.com. That's J O S average Joe's media at gmail.com. And we will get you a PDF of all three of those pamphlets. That's one single PDF of all three pamphlets. Yeah, we should probably try to find some of that source material. And yeah. then we can uh, always do one of those, uh, our average Joe's media publications. We can yeah. dust that off. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You know, absolutely. but, uh, how to raise your kids. That's right. The Joe's way. Uh, figure out what's important values. Yeah. Uh, figure out how to properly make decisions based on those values. And then figure out how if you get angry because somebody infringes upon those values in any way, you know how to deal with it. That's basically all three of those things. And the thing about it is... is when it, Oh, when, and have some self-esteem. I apologize. That That's fair. But I think when it comes to our children... Mm-hmm kids in our life or really just anybody like one of the things i try to tell folks my kids the most and, and other young people is doesn't matter where you are you're an example to somebody that's right that's and right so i think it's just important that we remember that you know for better or worse mm-hmm. um people learn most by what they watch and what they hear that's fair that's fair i got a couple questions for you joe uh, uh what did they have a couple answers okay good what did the coffee say when it got to the police station. Ooh, I don't know. I got mugged. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, did you know? Did, I don't know if you realize this. Okay. Okay, this is something new. Uh, I hadn't done it before, but I recently had the opportunity to go skiing. Okay. Ooh. And I, I had never been. But, dude, dude, if you have the opportunity to go skiing, you need to do it. I fell in love with it. I fell in love with it. I, I mean, I'm not very good, but I was head over heels. That a boy. <laughs> Anyways. But anyways, uh, but dude, Olay, Janet. Anyways, man, dude, tr- youth is troubled right now, and we talked about the we talked about the potential of World War Three happening, right? Just just uh, flippantly before we started recording. Yeah, and uh, you know, like the Greatest Generation was created during uh, World War Two or between World War One and World War Two, and then into World War Two, and so I'm not gonna say that. You know, uh, kids getting drafted right now is going to be the thing that they need. But uh, there's a a large section of society where having to deal with a hardship like that uh, might very well be what they need. It might very well be having to put things into perspective. Like, if there's somebody shooting a bullet at you, shooting a gun at you, um, it doesn't matter what your gender is at that point. Like it doesn't matter the definition of that, which is a huge buzzword, buzz topic or whatever in society now. It doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter if you like men or women or or both or Who you none or animals. Like it doesn't matter all that type of stuff because now all that matters is life and death. That's it protecting the people beside you protecting your own life and then also trying to accomplish whatever the mission is that you're trying to accomplish on the battlefield and it it really narrows it down to what is black and what is white in terms of the decisions in terms of the goals in terms of all that other stuff it's it's a yes or a no it's a life or it's a death it's a 
success or it's a failure. And it's very, very clean cut whenever you're in a situation like that. Now, I, I don't know that from experience, but it's not very hard to imagine that if you have bullets whizzing past your face, uh, the wrong decision means you die. Well, I think part of what, and I, you know, I, I love World War II uh, history and stuff, but I think what, what really helped uh, make that, that greatest generation um, in part was coming to face-to-face with true evil. Absolutely, and, and and I think as a society having to 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 face that and make a choice, mm-hmm. we talk about those decisions. Sure, you had women um, at home who made choices, mm-hmm. choices to you know when when the, virtually like we, it's hard for us to think about it, but there was majority of the men in the country right were not here. Yeah, they were either in the Pacific or they were in uh, in Europe or they weren't coming home. Right, and yeah. so. You know, you you had you know women at the time. You know, uh, homemakers, not really in the workforce. Yep. They made a choice. They went out and they got after it. Yeah, and they did it. Families might not have a lot, but they gave up their their silver, like you know their their precious metals, and and they, people were doing all these sacrifices, not just for themselves, but for this greater good oh my in the face of evil. And so, you know, I hope as we continue to see different forms of evil. Uh huh. Uh, in this, in our lifetime, I hope uh, that you know, as a society, that we'll see, you know. So a- I'm gonna try to find something real quick for you, and uh, I don't know if I can. It's a Will Smith uh, reel or whatever, a quote that he made. It's in that motivational. I don't know if you know about that this. guy's super. Like I'm just astonished. Yeah, I really want to watch his uh, his thing on Disney Plus. Uh, okay. He's just wise. Okay, uh, I'm gonna see if I can find it right here. But um, it talks about, um, what's it called? Whenever we, uh, like, what makes your purpose? Like, what makes you feel like you have purpose? Um, I'm trying to figure, I don't know if I have it on well, here. Well, I'm well, sure that I do. I'm gonna see, ooh, let's see if I can uh, make it. Make it blocked. Oh, here we go. This is the one. Been to the top of all of those material world mountains and nothing makes you happy other than being useful to others. That's it. That's the only thing that ever will satisfy that thing is that what you are is useful. So... You never like I saw another another thing. It was a Ricky Gervais, and I don't know if this was a skit or what, but he talked about considering suicide. And then, whenever he was talking about considering suicide, uh, he said, "Well, there was two options. I could go on doing this living thing, or I could go ahead and end it." And so I don't know if he's talking to his mother or he's talking to an, a, an older lady friend or whatever. And um, and she said, "Happiness is the most valuable thing." but it doesn't matter if it's your own. Like, you don't realize that what you do has impacts upon people all around you. And if you are not being useful, if you are not trying to facilitate some version of happiness, whether in yourself or in other people, uh, you've, 
you've lost value in this life. And whether it's intrinsic or inherent value of yourself or whether it's value to others, you've lost it. And so the focus of life is extremely simple. Life is about everybody else around you. There's nothing in this life that is going to make you happy if all you're doing is focusing on yourself. Um, <coughs> I think that was pretty deep, and you're welcome. No, I was, I mean, it, it stimulated me. Um, it was incredible. Right, thank you. Um, I think working in, in home health, as long as I have home community services, it was, it was a blessing from the perspective of um, you got to see that kind of day in and day out. But there was an event that would happen at Corsicana every year. And um, one of our administrators, she put it on, and it was for caregivers. Now, you understand that, you know, most caregivers, at least then, they're making minimum wage, man. Mm-hmm. Minimum wage, doing housekeeping, grocery shopping, people that couldn't clean themselves or shower themselves doing those things. Yep. And it would, it, she always had a theme. It was at, at one of the local churches. So you, you go there, and uh, they'd all, the, 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 the folks would bring their, some of the clients came. Uh-huh. And then the attendants came. It was attendant appreciation. And they'd be all dolled up, you know, Sunday best and everything. And then <clears throat> there'd be, we'd give awards, you know, and, and, and fun games and stuff, door prizes and stuff. And then they'd get up and talk sometimes. Mm-hmm. And there's this one woman who probably, I think was it between her 50s and 60s. She'd been working for this family for, I want to say, like five or ten years. Like, it was a long period of time. She had walked two miles each way. Mm-hmm seven like five or seven like some days seven days a week some five days a week did not matter Mm -hmm. like perfect attendance right right and she stood there and she thanked god yeah for the gift of serving that family yeah like for her that was her way of living out her faith yeah that was her way of being as most christ-like as she could yeah and it was helping take dedicating her life really to helping take care of the, these, these individuals that needed help. And it was the most, like you, you cried. I cried. Like yeah. it was the, one of the more mood, like when you say, like when you, people say, how do you believe in God? You know what I mean? Like you, these moments where you get to see, um, that something. working. Yeah. And yeah, it yeah. was so beautiful and I, I'll never forget it. And as I say that just in, and to echo what you shared with the Will Smith clip, I mean, it, it's, it's very true. Yeah. We're the happiest when we're when we're productive. Absolutely, whenever whenever what we have to offer is valuable for somebody else and helps them, whether it's attain a goal, whether it's just to move a couch. Well, people whatever. don't understand like the the you know in home health, there was people of you know we talk about money, yeah, um, <laughs> not just because of the right thing, but financially the government found really that when people have meaning. Mm-hmm. They're healthier. Yeah, absolutely. When people have purpose, generally speaking, they're, they're healthier. healthier. Yep, um, absolutely. You know, and it, it's one of the great things I've loved about self direction is is because those it, they're the the, the cornerstone mm-hmm. of kind of that philosophy. Um, you know, in home care and whatnot, and just really just person centeredness, people having control. Yep. Um, super duper important. So absolutely, ladies and gentlemen, when you're at home, make sure you are teaching your kids value, teaching them how to be better people because of the people around them, not just for themselves. Until next time, I'm the average Joe Boo. I'm the average Joe. Telling you to keep it clean.
record no matter how long from the heart and we may be wrong Joe Boo parroting every song and you may not care about it Jaybird opens himself this way this show is ours, we do it our way. All these words sure we just say. And you may not care about it. Things Joe says and ranks we do. Monday's recording something new. New guests here for a different view And you may not care about it T-Y-T-Y-D-C-A Emotional damage.